over the top was sumptuous, and Sanchez's skills were sublime. Oh, Rodman! Rodman! The number two pick scores for the Spirit! And the Hey Spirits, welcome to another episode. This is Andre Carlisle here with Joe and Annie, and of course, we have a guest. We're very honored and delighted to be joined by Marissa Shiva. Marissa, how are you? I'm great, excited to be here. Love to hear that. Thank you again for your time. We're really excited to talk to you. I want to talk to you about a bunch of things, about your journey, about obviously the goal you score versus Orlando. We want to talk about a bunch of things. Surely there will be questions about candy corn later in the episode, so get yourself prepared. But first, I feel like we got to start off with allowing you some space to get some frustration out. We know you are from the Philly area. We saw you in a Sixers jersey earlier. How disappointed were you with their Game 7 performance versus the Boston Celtics? I'm starting to think the jersey was bad luck because I pulled it out for game six. I feel like things were looking good before (laughs) game six. And then, you know, they just had the opportunity to clinch it at home. And then I didn't have the best feeling going into game seven. And I didn't, I didn't touch the jersey after game six. I am weirdly superstitious like that. Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of crushed for Philly sports. Like Philly, I feel like all of our teams have done really well this year um, or last season even, you know, with... The Super Bowl, the World Series, the Union losing in PKs. I just feel like we've we've struggled this year. And I'm just such a big Philly girl that um, it crushed me. But, you know, there's always there's always next year. That, well, I shouldn't ask you this this question, but I'm going to anyway. In terms of the team, who are you like? You, you said they'll be there next year. Are you hoping anybody won't be on that Philly team next year? I'm thinking maybe James Harden. You know, there was a really poor performance. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to sports center you, but I'm just saying. I feel like you are sports centering me right now. I, I'm going to bite my tongue on that one because I know that I'm not a basketball expert. Um, and I, I'm really not. I'm just a big Philly fan, so I will watch any Philly sports and be a fan of them. Um, so I'm going to bite my tongue on that one. I think everyone has everyone has some bad games. Um, you know, not an ideal time to have it. But um, Philly fans are ruthless, so I'm going to – I'm sure he's getting enough hate. I'm sure a few of them are getting enough hate. So I'm going to let them, you know, deal with the Twitter trolls and whatnot. <laughs> That's a very thoughtful answer. I appreciate that answer and, and not allowing me to put you in the trap. I appreciate it. Uh, sadly. Um, but we are going to move on to happier things. Get back to the pitch, please. In as much detail as you want, describe to us that absolute banger of a goal you scored versus Orlando, because that <laughs> got us all absolutely hyped. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I I was pretty hyped too. I don't know what got into me, you know, after watching it back, I I don't think in the moment I knew just how far out I was. Um, But I was feeling it warm up vibes were really good going into the game. We had just scored two other bangers. I mean, Lena Solano's goal was amazing. Sam's free kick was incredible, you know, like the, the best free kick I've ever seen. And then, um, I mean, that goal doesn't happen if Chloe Ricketts doesn't do everything she possibly can to make sure that that ball gets to my feet. So that was really impressive. 
um, watching that back in slow-mo, just, you know, making sure she got her foot on it. Um, so huge props to Chloe on getting her first NWSL assist as a 15 year old. It's pretty impressive. Um, and then I'm honestly, I, I don't know. Sometimes you're just feeling it. And I think in that moment I was feeling it. I think, um, yeah, I just, I, I saw my opportunity. I think I caught the goalie off, um, caught her off guard because I didn't even take a touch. I just hit it one time. Um, yeah, and thankfully it hit the back of the net because I think I would have had a few people angry with me if that didn't go in because it was quite an ambitious shot. But um, yeah, really excited to score my first NWSL goal um, in that fashion. So yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I couldn't, I was having trouble confirming, but I was wondering if it was your first uh, professional goal. Yeah, it was my first professional goal. I feel um, like that took quite a while, but yeah. <laughs> No, it was great. It was so so much fun to watch. Um, had you practiced shooting from that far out at all in training? No, no. I mean, there was, um, I mean, just a few days prior, we were playing 11s in training and I caught Aubrey off her line, but um, it wasn't nearly as far out. Um, I mean, in warm up, I think a bunch of us were striking the ball really well um, than the warm up before the game. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what got into me there. I was joking around with my uh, teammates afterwards saying, like, the coaches are going to be scared now to <laughs> that I'm going to um, be trying to shoot from anywhere now. Like, that gave me the confidence to just rip it from anywhere. But I promise I won't be doing that. Um, yeah, but no, I had not been training to do that. I feel like we here on the podcast want to hear the exact opposite. I want to hear you try as many bangers as possible because that's what we're here for. So, yes. Um, also, you know, it's funny you mentioned, or not funny, but it's interesting you mentioned Solano and Staub. Their goals, did that have maybe like the confidence impact of being like, hey, like, let's go ahead and do this. Like, let's keep it going. Did that, was that maybe something that, that inspired you as well? Maybe subconsciously. I think, um, I mean, all of the goals... I don't know the stat. They were all within 10 minutes of each other. I think um, after we equalized, um, I think we were just, we knew we were playing better than them and um, that we should be, you know, winning. So maybe subconsciously after a couple bangers, I was like, let's go get yourself one, Marissa. But um, yeah, vibes on the team have been really good. I mean, everyone's been really supportive. Energy has been high. So, I mean, I'd be silly to not think that that's a factor. Do you think that the vibes have been high and so good, including how the games have been going, due to the new system that the Spirit have been playing in, seeing as you've played as both a six and an eight and how it's kind of impacted the games? Interesting question. Maybe because we're a high press team and I think naturally that brings a lot of energy, um, you know, in the first couple minutes of the game when we are high pressing and we have someone, um, you know, intercept or we have um, someone make a great tackle. I think that that naturally just brings a lot of energy to the group. We're starting off really hot. And um, I think that definitely plays a role. So I'm not so, I don't know about the system. I think the system lends itself to a high press. So I, I think so. Um, I think on top of that, energy in the locker room has been so high. Um, I think it comes from, you know, how well we're training, we're getting results, big results on the road, you know. Um, I think that, yeah, it's just like a snowball effect. Things things are looking up and we are certainly feeling it. And do you think the current system is like a better fit or maybe a better style than it has been in previous seasons? Ooh, hmm. I think that I'm a fan of playing a system that 
you know, gets your best players on the field. It, it's, it suits the players that you have. Um, and I think that this system does suit the players that we have. I also think that it's really maybe not so much the system, but the fact that within the system, we have really set principles. And when people know their roles, people do them really well. So I think that's a credit to our coaching staff, making sure that we all know exactly how they want us to defend, exactly how we want to attack. Um, and just, you know, kind of all being on the same page in that way has made it um, really, really easy for us. I really like that answer. <laughs> okay, kind of a, I guess a little bit of a softball question, but how do you feel about how the team's doing so far and being unbeaten after seven regular season games? It's exciting. I mean, it's still early, so I, I feel like we've been fielding a lot of questions about being at the top of the table. I'm more excited about the being unbeaten part and, you know, being the last team that's still um, – hasn't lost in the regular season because I think that that shows a mentality piece because playing on the road, our, uh, our schedule, just any team in the NWSL, like, I mean, it's a, it's a tough schedule. You're flying East coast to West coast. You have three game weeks. So I think that's a testament, a testament to our mentality as a team and um, you know, just how excited we are to get on the field and play with each other and fight for each other. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely exciting to be sitting at the top of the table. I'm, it's quite literally a 180 from last year. Um, someone said that we officially have more wins this year, seven games in, than we did last year total. So that's really exciting um, and, you know, a massive improvement. Are there any specific players that you're inspired by or that you're modeling your game after? You have a very, like, specific style, and I'm just curious interesting that you think that I I'm intrigued by what you just said um I think so recently I have been transitioning a little bit more into a center mid and I you know I didn't get many reps or much experience playing there in college um and then you know a lot of my career professionally has been as a winger um so that's definitely been a transition but I am constantly picking the brains of Andy Sullivan and Ashley Sanchez and Ange Salem has been incredible. She's been so helpful in kind of just helping me understand body shape positioning. Um, yeah. And so I remember even in preseason, the first few times that I was um, playing in the center, I was, I went up to Sanchez and I was like, this might be the silliest question, but I'm like, and it probably is to her because it, everything she does, it, it seems so natural, but I'm like, when you're turning are like, how are you sensing where this pressure is coming from? It feels like it's coming at a hundred miles an hour and she just handles it like with such composure that it's, it's so impressive. Um, and so I'm just, I'm not too proud to ask questions like that and um, ask to get reps with Andy or try to understand, um, you know, some, a craft that they've been perfecting for their whole careers now. Um, but I think it's, it's going to take some time. Um, but I'm, I'm very open to learning and I'm enjoying myself in there. So um, I don't even know if that answered your question, but I mean, who wouldn't want to model their, their game after no, you know, a combination does. of Andy Sullivan and <laughs> Ashley Sanchez. So it's also pretty cool that you're like your own teammates are inspiring you, which explains why you're all getting so much better together. So very cool. Oh, thanks. I had a, a follow-up to that, that I wanted to, to go in there because you have played in the six and the eight. And I'm wondering if you have, a preference and if if not I'm also wondering like the difference between those two positions I know the eight you have a little bit more freedom to get forward 
The six is more, you know, defensive responsibilities, but like in terms of your mindset, I suppose, when you step on the field in each position. I like the eight. And I don't think, I think, (laughs) I don't think I hide that. I like being able to get in behind the line. And I think our eights having the freedom to do that is really fun. Um, I do think the six is really valuable to understand. So I've, I've been appreciative of the opportunities I get in there because, um, you know, it's, you, you can't be afraid to get on the ball. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, I'm learning to play in the midfield late in my career. Um, And I think that, you can't be, you, you can't have any fear, you know, receiving the ball from your center back. So it's teaching me to put myself in really good positions so that I can turn and, um, you know, I'm not just getting sacked in there every single time I touch the ball. Um, I, I have appreciation for both, but I, I think especially in this system, playing in the eight and on the side of the diamond, it allows me to get wide too and kind of go back to my like winger roots. So I have a little bit of freedom there, but at the same time, like still, still make, uh, helping me develop as a center midfielder. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. I figured the, the eight would probably be good. Cause you can catch yourself in like very familiar positions. Um, and that's probably helpful. Um, especially learning a new position, which it seems like a lot of spirit players doing, which is kind of fun. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about was your path to becoming a spirit player. So saw that, um, believe you went to Spain for a little bit, at Utah, you're with the, U, uh, the team in Utah before they, you know, moved all that nonsense that happened uh, when you were at the Challenge Cup, then replacement player, now earning a contract. Just if you could kind of like chronicle your journey a little bit to where you are now and kind of the things that you've picked up to kind of be able to secure a contract with the Spirit and be performing well with the team as well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think that my journey to this league was a little unorthodox. Um, and just my journey within the league. But um, I mean, I think you're going to have that. Um, you know, you have players that get drafted in the first round and then they go on and, you know, do great things. And, um, you know, so as someone that wasn't in the, didn't enter the draft and decided to go overseas first, um, you're going to have a bit of a different journey. But um, yeah, so I actually ran track at Penn State as well. So I had a full spring season before I gra- of track before I graduated. Um, and it was during that time I decided I wanted to continue playing. And so my college coaches were helping me, um, you know, find opportunities overseas. And so I ended up in Spain for three months max, I think. And then COVID hit. So um, I decided to come back home and I got picked up by the Utah Royals during 2020. So the inaugural Challenge Cup year, the bubble year. Um, so that... Um, I was really excited because I think the end goal was always to end up in the NWSL because I saw the way it was growing and a lot of my Penn State teammates ended up and are still in the league. Um, But I ended up getting waived at the end of 2020, which was so humbling and eye-opening. But honestly, at this point, I would not change that experience because I had a lot of work to do. And, you know, it opened my eyes to what I needed to be better at to you know, get in this league, stay in this league, and then succeed in this league. Um, and then 2021 was just a, a was a really challenging year, year with some injuries. Um, you know, some countries, I was thinking about going overseas again, and some countries weren't opening their borders to internationals. And um, I was struggling to, you know, NWSL teams were being picky. They were still closing their bubbles a little bit because of COVID. So I really was just training, training, training. And then 
I ended up uh, hurting my hip pretty badly and needing surgery. So 2021 was a total bust. But um, again, I wouldn't change it because I ended up getting that surgery in 20, the end of 2021 in October. And I rehabbed really hard. I think it's the hardest I've ever rehabbed and then trained. Um, and then I remember emailing the staff here at the Spirit, the old staff, and I just I knew I needed a competitive environment to get back into. So um, I'm from Philadelphia. So I mean, it was either Gotham or here. And I was like, you know, Spirit's a 2021 NWSL champions. If I'm going to send it, I'm going to send it. So ended up here just training as a training player. And I think it went better than I could have imagined. Um, I don't know what the staff was expecting of me. Um, and yeah, so that's how I ended up on um, a COVID contract, which was, I ended up on a COVID contract for a game against Gotham at Gotham. So my whole family was able to be there. It was my NWSL debut. Um, so I I really, this whole journey has been proving to me that things happen for a reason. You just have to kind of wait, wait for your time, keep training hard. Um, yeah. And then it was COVID contract, I think injury replacement player contract, national team replacement contract, and then full contract. So I, I was kind of just jumping between contracts, um, taking what I was, what I was being given at the, any opportunity that was given to me, I was taking it. Um, and then, yeah, ended up on contract for 2023 and trying to make the most of that. Yeah, I love that. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it seems like there are a lot, a few of those journeys in the NWSL because this is a, a very difficult league. But one thing I, I'm curious about is you mentioned, you know, you didn't enter the draft. You wanted to go overseas. Was that just a matter of wanting the experience of playing overseas or was there something particular about the draft and not knowing where you could end up that you were like, mm, I don't know if I, if I like that, that system. So it wasn't, I think that I would have entered the draft if I was not running from, you know, from the time that we lost in the tournament um, soccer. So in November to, you know, June, I don't touch a soccer ball. I was just running. So I was more concerned about, you know, one, I also don't even know if I would have gotten drafted. So it was more, I didn't think that one, I would get drafted. And I also thought like, I'm going to need time to train. It probably lends itself more for me to join a team and have, you know, an August, September start time. I think that the NWSL has gotten a little bit more lenient with girls that haven't finished college in December. So I think previously, if you were entering the draft, you, you almost had to graduate in December and report to preseason on time. I think that the league's gotten a little bit more lenient with that, or maybe that's just my interpretation of it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where um, my thought process was at that time. Um, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about your kind of path to the Irish national team. Um, I know you recently got your Irish citizenship and have been getting call-ups, played with the team, um, especially against the United States. Um, and I, I was kind of curious, like, where does that start? Like, was that always something you thought could be an option for you? When did you start thinking about getting onto the Irish national team? Yeah. So my, my grandparents on my mom's side are from Ireland and I, they had, my grandfather had been telling me like, get your citizenship, get your passport. Um, and then, you know, we would make comments about, or I would hear comments about it here and there. You should email the coach and, 
I didn't have an agent at the time. So I just kind of kept it in the back of my head. Um, and this was also during a time where I was experiencing injury. I had just gotten waived and then I was injured, injured, getting surgery. So I, I didn't feel like if I were to email or reach out, it would be the proper time. Um, because I figured if I'm, if I'm emailing and I'm asking for a shot, I better be ready to go and prove myself because I know like international soccer is no joke. Um, and so I started the process on my own of getting my citizenship and my passport, which took so long. I started it, I think the beginning of 2021 or maybe towards the summer of 2021. And then I didn't officially have everything cleared until right before my first camp in Marbella in February of this year. So things took a while. And I think that might've also been expedited by the FAI. I'm not sure. So things took a while, but yeah, it was always in the back of my head. I mean, I, I am so proud of my Irish roots and my family and, you know, getting to represent Ireland and my family. So it was always in the back of my mind and for it to come to fruition is just, uh, you know, a dream come true. And obviously um, Ireland has made their, I believe it's their first Women's World Cup they'll be going to this year. Um, so how are you feeling about the possibility of getting getting to go? Yeah, so exciting. I mean, I I wasn't involved in the buildup to the World Qualifying for the World Cup. You know, the the team has just been on a tear and they've been incredible. They've been working so hard. So huge credit to the girls for qualifying for the first World Cup. I know that everybody is so proud back in Ireland and the country is really rallying around the girls, which is so exciting. Um, yeah. I think the opportunity to play in a world cup is so, I mean, the thought of it is so exciting. It's what every kid dreams of, you know? So, um, you know, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed until that final roster comes out, but, um, it would, it would actually, it would be incredible. Um, and I know that, uh, it would be, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. And this, this wasn't something I had in our questions, but obviously you're playing a pretty different position for Irish national team than you have now started playing for the Spirit. Is that difficult for you to kind of make that transition when you move between them? So I thought the same thing. And then um, I realized there's so many similarities between the eights in our system and the position that I'm playing for the Irish national team. So the Irish national team is like, traditionally in a five back and then there's four flat midfielders and I, I've been playing it, in the games against the United States I was playing off the left um, which we call the pocket player so the two the two sixes kind of sit and then the two tens kind of sit wide of them in these pockets and I find it to be so similar to the eight here so I I don't feel I think defensively it's different because you know we play a block um, and a very tight defensive game with with Ireland. And here we are just high press run kind of um, defensively with the spirit. But in the attack, it feels kind of similar where I am allowed to get in behind the back line. Well, I'm expected to with Ireland. And then, um, but it's definitely helped me feel more comfortable in the midfield because I am expected to kind of sit in that pocket and, um, you know, receive the ball from our left wing back and turn and play forward. So I'm, Maybe for my sake, I'm trying to find the similarities so that I'm not too overwhelmed by it. But I think um, I think they're pretty similar. So you said earlier that you um, have some superstitions when it comes to your Sixers jersey. Do you have any kind of soccer superstitions? Oh, 
Yeah, I think that I'm pretty set in my pregame routine. I call it a routine, but I guess it could be kind of superstitious. Um, and the girls all make fun of me for it. I My biggest fear is like being hungry before the game or like during the game. So I always make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And <laughs> this is kind of gross too. I always make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I put it on the locker <laughs> and I've been getting roasted by the girls because I just, I'll just set it on the locker no matter where we are, home, away. And they hate that I like don't, I'm like, where am I getting a napkin? I don't know where I'm going to find a napkin. So they hate that I just put it right on the locker, but I will always, <laughs> I will always just have bread. A, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the bread's the napkin. I don't know. The, the, the sandwich is always sitting at the top of my locker so that when we come in after war- before warm up, when we come in after warm up or before the game, if I'm feeling hungry at all, I can take a bite of this peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I kind of just exposed myself there, but yeah, um, that's probably my, my biggest superstition or routine for this season. I, I don't go a game without it. What kind of jelly do you use? Uh, it's Welch's, Welch's grape jelly. And then the peanut butter changes. I think Trin is a big Skippy girl and I'm not a big Skippy girl, but we have Skippy a lot because she's also a PB and J girl. And, but I get excited when we have like Smucker's natural or, um, what's that one brand? It's like white, white label. They make really good almond butter too. I don't know. I get excited for those, but yeah, sometimes it's Skippy. I'm not too picky though. I absolutely love that superstition, to be honest. I think the, the fear of, of, of going, like being too hungry is a real one. So like, I'm here for it. I think it's great. I'm, I'm sorry that they're roasting you about that because I'm, I'm here for it. You, you have my stamp of approval for this one. I like this one. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to ask a, a couple things about the team because the team, as we've talked about, has like very good vibes. It's a, it's a vibey team. It seems to be fun every time we kind of watch y'all. It's like the vibes are kind of increasing game to game. Um, so I kind of had some some teammate questions. Um, first of all, sticking with sticking with vibes, who is like in trainings in in like other scenarios on the road, maybe when you're, you know, traveling to different, you know, um, cities, who is like the vibe setter? Who who keeps things, who keeps the mood high around the team? We have a few, but I think Maddie Elwell huge vibes girl she is just always in a great mood um she's she definitely sets the vibe and that's in training on the road that is that is any time um so very thankful for maddie but also sam sam's huge setting the vibes um who else i would say trin sanchez yeah like we have we have a lot of players right now that are that um high vibes setting the tone for training um, and even bus rides from airports to hotels. So um, we're not reliant on one person. I'll say that. Multiple vibe setters. I love it. Um, who is the most competitive person about anything, not just like the sport, not just soccer, but like anything, if there's any sort of competition, who is the most competitive? That's really tough. Cause I feel like we might have a few. Um, oh, Sam. Sam is so competitive and I love that. Um, I'm thinking of the players, specifically I'm thinking of 5v5 right now and we get into 5v5. Who who do I want on my team? Because they like they will never go down. Um, 
Sam, I'd say Amber, Amber Brooks, so competitive. Um, Andy Sullivan, Trin. I mean, I would put myself up there. I think I, we just have, we have a really competitive group of players, but um, I would say my top two are probably Sam and Amber. So competitive. Love that. Love that. Um, and, and then these two are kind of, you know, they're, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'll start with, I'll start with the quiet end. Who do you have any like bookworms who are just like somebody who maybe like is in the, is in the locker room, just kind of by themselves reading a book or something. Do you have any quiet personalities in the locker room? Um, it's so funny you say that because some of our bookworms are also some of the chattiest people on the team. Like Maddie Elwell, she'll destroy five books on an away trip. Like that girl <laughs> has to hit Barnes and Noble before we go away because it is just book, 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 book. Um, so she's a big bookworm, but quieter people in the locker room. Hmm. That's tough. I, we're all pretty close. I think, I don't know. Let me go with maybe, maybe Gabby, Gabby Carl, but only like, but she also is, she can be chatty, but I think that she lays low a little bit. She's pretty chill, um, but we need that. Um, I would say Enos also though, can be super chatty and fun and wild, but she like also has a very calming, um, easy presence about her that I love. So maybe, maybe those two. I'll take it. Yeah. That, and I, it's, it's funny you mentioned those two because I could see it. I don't know if that's just like, I don't know what I'm doing there in terms of their games or whatever, but I, I could see it. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum, the the loudest, who's like always playing music, always like dancing, who's like, who's kind of like your loudest, most like party oriented uh, player. I promise this isn't a cop out. Maddie Elwell. Like, <laughs> Maddie is always usually on one her and sam when her and sam are on one on the same day we're in for it like it's gonna be but in the best way like it's gonna be vibes are gonna be high you just (laughs) when you can tell by the way they walk in in the morning we're like okay it's gonna be a day we're gonna be loud and having fun at training so um yeah maddie and sam that's amazing. So we're going to have to get Sam back on the podcast to ask her about that. And also we need to talk to Maddie to, 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 to figure out like, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do that because this is terrific information. I appreciate it. Maddie, Maddie would definitely be a fun uh, guest to have. Now we're making a list of who we're having on next. And now we're down to, in my opinion, the toughest question, like a heartbreaker question, if we're being honest. For you, for Joe. <laughs> okay. That, that tiny last part was so unnecessary. <laughs> what are your thoughts on candy corn? Yes or no? I, I like candy corn. Wait, is that okay? Yay! Oh my god, you got one. No, <laughs> I've heard I've heard rumblings about this question. Now it's like what six and two? I think we're at six and two. Who else likes candy corn? I was gonna ask, like, what? Well, hold was... on. Let's not tell her. Let's not tell her yet. I want her to guess. Who, okay, who, wait. Do yeah. you have any guesses on who else? They've on the all team? said a different person for who yes. they thought liked candy corn, and none of them are right. <laughs> right. So I, I okay. want. I want to see if Marissa can guess it. I don't know why I want to say Andy. Does Andy like candy corn? Everyone said <laughs> Andy. Not, but that was. Oh, I think really? that was the other guess as well. So that's um, what Sam said. I, I guess Andy gives off candy corn vibes. <laughs> I know. And I don't know what that means. It's not a negative thing because Joe and I do. No, it's just, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Um, Tara? No, not Tara. They were, they were so against her. it. No. They were it, so against it. Yeah, Tara was a big no. Um, it was Tori Huster. 
No way. Oh, I should have guessed Tori. Tori and I usually align on stuff like that. So that I should have guessed that. <laughs> this is becoming the best question of the season. Unbiased, of course, unbiased opinion on this, but something is aligning with the candy corn. It's. I love that question. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I don't. I can't even remember how this started, but now it's intense every time we ask, <laughs> or every time I ask, and then when it's a no, I'm devastated. So I, I have to ask because there have been so many candy corn dissenters and people who don't like it, which is like scarred Joe from asking the question. You saw how she asked the question. She's yeah. like really, it pains her to have to ask this question so, now, but every time she gets an ally, she's like re-energized. So what, what is it about candy corn that you like, like specifically? Because like the people who don't like it are like disgusted. So it. against it. It's like personal. I know. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe it has to do with whether you grew up on it because I grew up eating candy corn every Halloween. Like my mom loves it. So it was something like we shared together. And I mean, I definitely can't eat as much of it now because, you know, it's really, really sweet. But I still get excited when I see candy corn. But maybe it has to do with, you know, if you ate it a lot as a kid, which I did. <laughs> do you like the little pumpkin candy corn ones? That's a hard no for me. Those, I don't know what. Mm. Yeah, the pumpkins are a hard no for me. And so is like the chocolate candy corn. Have you had that? Yeah, those are terrible. <laughs> so bad. I agree. It's really bad. Classic candy corn or bust. So that is incredibly surprising. Six, <laughs> six to two, I think now is, is I think the that's record. Where we're at. Um, you still got a lot, a, a ways to go. But the math is not, we have not interviewed everyone on the team. So the math I'm is not. I'm pulling a You're not it's mathematically eliminated. So we'll, <laughs> comeback <see>. season. <laughs> I'm going to hold out hope that we get some more people on board. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to do some recruiting. Um, <laughs> see if you can get people over to your side. I'll bring it into the locker room tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a question that we had that we didn't, we, we keep meaning to ask people. We haven't asked. Is there any prize? for um, the rookies when they score their first goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's not just rookies. I just scored my first NWSL goal the same day that Lena did, and we both got game balls, which was awesome. Um, and Paige got one when she scored her header in the San Diego match. So, yeah, you, you get a game ball, which is um, always really fun, little fun celebration after the game in the huddle. But no pizza party? <laughs> no. No pizza party. If it means anything. Andre did promise pizza parties <laughs> and an ice cream social. I think that's what we called it. Oh my gosh. I, I like that. I mean, I, I'll take the game ball, but I'm always down for pizza and ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I think it was after a game. I asked, I asked Lena Solano if there was like anything that the rookies had, if they were going to like celebrate the first one to score a goal, if they had any like friendly competition or what they were going to do. And I, I kind of somehow signed the podcast up to throw a pizza party. And um, so I, I think we I think we might have to deliver on that at some point. We'll have to coordinate with Don Scott. Oh, yeah. Good luck on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you for joining us. This is extremely fun. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you. Love your journey. Love that you're here. I, I'm sorry. I, I know Mark Parsons probably won't want me to say this, but please keep trying bangers because we are absolutely here for long distance goals is what we like. It makes the timeline go crazy. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening.
We'll be back next week with another episode. Remember to like, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. You can follow us on Twitter at Hey Spirits. And as always, go Spirits.